This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This is the Besotted Pride of West London podcast, and this is brought to you by Anything Is Possible, AIP.media. And you could say probably after Sunday, Anything Is Possible. And I'm coming to you on a very cold, very nippy Tuesday, Wednesday. I've got no idea what day it is. This is like a massive blur to me. All I know is that on Sunday, Brentford at New Griffin Park finally got three points after, well, First game of the season is the last time we got three points at home. So it was truly tremendous for us to get another three points at home. New Griffin Park, Everton came down. We're going to be talking about that game later. But I am Billy Grant and I'm sitting here. I'm still in the virtual joint, I have to say, because it is too cold to go out. Right, We're going to get a few beers maybe next week or the week after that. But we're in the virtual joint with my chums here. I'm in the place with Laney in the house. Uh, long time no see, Laney. How are you? Yes, it's almost 24 hours, is it not? Um, probably a bit less than that, because it was quite well, late night. about 12 hours ago, probably, <laughs> we saw each other. You, you just slunk off, like you know what I'm saying. No, like, I, you know? Did, I did say goodbye. I did say goodbye, Bill. I did say goodbye. Um, you, you, prob- you probably did, but I would have yeah. no idea by that stage because it was. Uh, we were off entertaining in the West End. We were out cavorting on a Monday night in the West End, and it was very good indeed. Yeah, yeah no, it was good. Yeah, we'll talk about the um, FSA awards. It's uh, it was uh, it was good to be in London with the Christmas lights on. It was yeah, it was festive. That's right. It was the FSA is the Football Supporters Association Awards, which we go to every year, unless there's a pandemic, of course, and they actually postpone them, and we can't go to them. But when you do go, you make sure that you make up for the two years that you didn't go to them. But anyway, but listen. Also in the house here, we've got a newbie, a newbie, as they say. It's Mark the Bonner Bonner. The Bonner, how are you? Hello, Billy. Yeah, hello, Dave. Hello, uh, I'm good. Yeah. Nice to join you. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. um, listen to thousands of these, so it's a very nice moment. <laughs> That's right. Well, we were going to get you to actually uh, host it today, actually, because you've listened to so many. You know exactly what's going on, don't you? <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, I, I'm pretty fluent. Yeah, I got to say. Yeah, which is all good. But listen, we're going to sort of listen. First of all, we're going to. I've got to talk about that night last night. So last night, FSA, FSF, FSA awards. I got in about five o'clock in the morning on a Monday night, which isn't bad going. And the thing that I say, I've got a big smile on. My, oh, I shouldn't have a big smile on my face because when I went home, Central Heating had actually crashed out. So I sort of left my family at home with the Central Heating crashed out. Said, "See you later. I'm going to go to a nice warm hotel for a few hours and drink lots of drink. When I come back, I'm not going to notice the cold at all." And I slunk it at five o'clock in the morning. And I got up this morning. And I was absolutely chapping. I really was like, you know. So uh, this podcast is taking place a little bit later than expected because we we're going to do it a little bit earlier today. But it was really good to get out again and I keep talking about this you know like I said to you sort of small mercies but you know us being locked in the houses for two years and that pandemic has just really smashed it and last night it was really good to sort of see lots of old faces loads and loads of football people from clubs up and down the country journalists you know people working in football people working for the EFL and everything like that going out getting dolled up getting dressed up suit and tie having a few wines having a bit of food chatting loads about football and uh, and just you know just just having a laugh really it was it was good wasn't it Laney? yeah it was really good yeah it was a very very posh hotel um there was a bugatti outside that new bugatti the one that looks like the batmobile that, Ooh, that was nice. that was outside the hotel um in a box it wasn't it wasn't owned by um a rich oligarch or a uh, or a, um, an arab it was it was just protected from uh, from from the West End near Do Wells, um, it was stunning. Uh, yeah, and, and the hotel itself and the event, uh, just yeah, I, I just I'd forgotten things like that existed. I've been, you know, locked down or sort of uh, just about unlocked. But uh, yeah, it was like going back to the old days where where you could you could you could let your hair down, mate. You could, uh, you could yeah. do what you wanted. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And we definitely did let our hair down. I mean, we were sitting. You know, sitting around the table, we had uh, oh, we had on the table. We had um, we had uh, yes, yeah, the Wickham 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 owner as well. He was on the table for us as well, wasn't he? He's the right character. He's a proper isn't he? character. He was a character. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we was chatting to him um, about Wickham. Um, we're talking to him about um, what's it, uh, Rob Kuhig. That's it, Rob Kuhig, who knows our mate Adam Adam Velasco, the Wickham fan, who listens to this podcast every week. So Adam, respect to you as well. Tell Rob to have a little listen because we're giving him a shout out as well today. And I sort of told told, uh, told Rob as well that you know his buddy Adam, who used to be an Arsenal fan, but in the end Adam just he's gone. He, he was born in Wickham, and in the end he said, "I'm fed up with this Arsenal business," and he's just gone hardcore Wickham. But I said to him, oh, me and me and Adam had a table tennis game." on top of a mountain in Kazakhstan, as we do. And that was it. From that, the conversation just went left field after Ooh. that. You know, so, yeah, it was all good, like, you know. So, But like I said to you, um, interesting as well, because obviously um, this year, Besotted didn't get nominated. It was quite a rare year. We actually didn't get nominated for once. They probably thought, to be honest with you, they're not going to win anyway. You know what I'm saying? So we'll, we'll give them a year off and then maybe we'll come back in a couple of years' time where we can nominate them again and then they won't win anything anyway. Yeah, well, it was, it was um, Scott Scott from 4,000 Holes, the Blackburn Rovers fans, and he, it was his turn to kind of get get all excited for no reason. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> so he, he was on our table and he didn't win. So we had the jinx. Yeah. We jinxed him. That's right. Uh, we had the jinxing <laughs> table, definitely. Yes, definitely. And like I said to you, I mean, if you don't know about it, like I said to you, go to FSA, thefsa.org.uk. I'll tell you exactly what happened on the night. Mo Salah got the men's player of the year. Vivienne Medima got the women's player of the year, the Arsenal player there as well. The fan media of the year, which is probably the one that we would have gone in for, 
yet to get well actually no they've been nominated before but they never got it but Ask Blog you know they got it which is the Arsenal podcast which is interesting because that was the Arsenal podcast that we were listening to that was moaning because everybody was talking about Brentford after we beat them do you remember that Laney? Yeah I do I do remember that and they were they 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 were less gobby last night I'd say that that Fulhamish mob they uh they were they were a little bit kind of uh hmm, they were a bit more coy championship yeah, championship. championship. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> lower, lower leagues. A bit more humble, perhaps. Yeah. Yeah, kind of, yeah. ELL. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, so Fulhamish were on the table next to us, like, you know, so we, you know, even they were nominated for, I think, the uh, Fan Media of the Year award as well. So we were just, we were keeping an eye on them, like, you know, just to make sure everything was, uh, which is all good. We told them again, we'd, we'd taken a year off this year, as we do, like, you know what I'm saying, because, like, you know, Fulham and, and Brentford swapped places, you know, as they did. And you know, I don't think that conversation went down particularly well. But yeah, it's all good. <laughs> like, you know, who else is there? Punjabi Rams, our buddies the Punjabi Rams got the Fans for Diversity Award. So it's all good to see them. Blues for All, you know, is the Birmingham crew that we hung out with as well. Who uh, Their dad, Mickey Singh, he had a, he had a, well, he had a pub which had a massive Indian restaurant in the back that we all went to, a load of us went to one year up in Birmingham, and that was really brilliant. So he was there as well. There was also Nilesh from the Villains Together, which is the Punjabi group up at Aston Villa. They were down there as well, and Apna England was there. And, uh, you know, they were, listen, it was great seeing all them lot as well. Sobsy from A Love Supreme as well, because they won Fanzine of the Year. Good up Sobsy as well, Laney. Yeah, the, yeah, Love Supreme. The, well, that's been going well as long as long as Besotted. Probably a bit longer. Yeah, we were. We, yeah. We're They're full time though. Yeah, well, they got, yeah. they got a lot of fans, didn't they? So yeah, yeah. They, they they were always. I always had a bit of green eye for 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 that because obviously they could. You know, they got. You know, I always thought, oh, they. You know, they've got all that big fan base to sell to, and they they were in the top flight at the time, and uh, now they're in League Three. <laughs> so uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. they still got a big fan base. So so yeah, for, uh, you know, yeah. being full full time yeah. doing a fanzine would be uh, would be lovely. But yeah, 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 which is yeah. yeah, which is cool as well. I mean, Alex Scott, pundit of the year. I mean, I think Alex Scott's wicked. I mean, I remember meeting her down at Ball Street, probably what's it must have been about six years ago now, and I met her down there, and she was just literally just still playing football, but trying to get into into the presenting side of things so she was doing some online stuff for you know for these little football online blogs including Ball Street which we were on at the time and she was so polite when she met me then and I'm so pleased how well that she's done she gets a lot of stick from people um, as you know you know her game too and check that out as well because obviously we did a podcast with her game too uh, only a few weeks ago great podcast go and check that out um, football, uh, uh, the pride of west dot london that's got some really really good responses and basically talking about women sexism and football and basically just having football as a space for all and we talked about the fact that you know how alex what used to get absolute dogs abuse from people who just basically didn't respect her and her view on football and talking about her game too there's going to be some exciting news coming out which i can't really uh, uh, talk about anymore but you know hopefully within well within the next week or so you're going to get some very exciting news you know her game too which you know like i said to you we presented you we bought you and you know and you know much more about that group now fantastic group and like i said to you a little bit more information coming quite soon but anyway i'm leaking alex scott in with them because you know that they you know they back her and what she's done and she's uh she's the epitome of what that whole movement is all about as well i had a good chat with my old mate victoria derbyshire as well who was presenting the show as well so she was she was good she's big big supporter from years like you know we went back to the world cup in 2006 with her actually i went for the world cup draw in germany i went out with the bbc they flew us out there for the draw and then i was out with her to do all her breakfast shows which was for people remember that that was quite bizarre because i literally used to go to 
places that we went to. Them. Remember those rum parties that we went to that went that finished about seven o'clock in the morning, and uh, before the night of the England games, uh, all the Trinidadians were running. Run, they were running these rum parties, which were just brilliant. And sort of, so we were sang, singing and dancing and drinking rum till seven in the morning. And then I had to come straight out and go straight into Victoria Derbyshire's show <laughs> and sit in her studio for three hours, like you know, talking football. So, uh, yeah, luckily I, I can handle the rum, is what I could say, or I thought I could do anyway. I've got no idea what I was coming out with, but um, yes, it was all good. But anyway, look, that was FSA Awards. Very, very good. Check it out. Check out the the well, my two, uh, Billy the B ninety nine. Check out the Besotted Twitter. Check out the FSA Twitter. You'll see what's been going down there. But like I said to you, a lot of good. Oh yeah, tell you something as well. We'll just quickly say because we've been on a little bit about that. Tracy Crouch as well. She was actually meant to be there. Tracy Crouch. Um, um, and talking about the, the fan-led review, um, she got COVID, so she wasn't able to make it, but she still managed to do a video call with Victoria Derbyshire, and she was talking to the fans about the fan-led review, which is actually a really important review. Again, we're not going to go about it too much here, but basically it's about the governance of football, the idea that you're not going to get yourself another Berry, you're not going to get yourself to another, you know, um, you know, all the clubs that have, that have gone themselves into a major pickle, um, even a Blackpool-type situation, like, you know, you're not going to get a whole city with where the only decides to change a badge or Cardiff where the only decides he wants to just change the colour of the kit. The governance is very much looking like they're going to put pressure on to change the governance in football, which is actually going to be really, really important. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens over the next, um, well, say few years, even the next few months. Obviously, there's a couple of a couple of clubs <laughs> which got grassed up who are not happy with the idea of having an independent regulator looking over football. And I think it was, it was Crystal Palace and who was the other one, lady? Villa. Um, Villa, they got grass right up, didn't they? <laughs> they said, we're not going to mention who it was, Crystal Palace or Villa. Like, you know, everyone's like, whoa, like, you know. So, That's uh, very interesting. Actually, what's happened is it's a case of, you know, I said it's, it's more than just the 51% which the fans have in Germany. This is a case of fans, you know, having quite a big say all along the line, you know, all the way mm. through in football, which I'm sure that owners will get very nervous about that because they're thinking, wow, mm. I'm losing a bit of control here. But it's not a case of losing control. It's a case of actually, you know, having somebody or a sense of body to be able to also bounce off so that you can't be just <laughs> running roughshod and just doing things that are not right for football clubs. Because, yes, you may financially own the clubs, but obviously the clubs, you know, the fans believe that they have a big part and a big stake in the club and they want to have some sort of a say so that it's actually it, it's not basically just just run down as it is you know yeah, as could have yeah, happened to Brentford back, could have happened to Brentford back in the day could have happened to so many clubs back in the day but listen we are we've spoken about that like I said to you um big smiles I think the big smile for me about that is just seeing people that are out people are out enjoying themselves big smile on their faces really good to see we're going into the Christmas season now I know a lot of people saying oh we should we might be locking down we might have to kind of go back into our shells again but I just think listen people they want to enjoy themselves we've had such a crap two years man and it was just really nice to see people going out and actually enjoying themselves and being social and just talking to people chatting to other people well I mean, Laney, you know even in town wasn't it the lights are out and people just walking in town it was lovely wasn't it yeah I had a thoroughly good night yeah really enjoyed it mate yeah, so anyway, listen, we're going to just chill out a little bit. I'm going to pop downstairs, going to get myself a drink. I'm going to come back and then we're going to talk about that game on Saturday, Sunday it was even, not used to Sunday games, when we played Everton and we beat them. So, Sunday, Everton came down to New Griffin Park and it was ugly. 
but we won and that's all that matters and uh, to be quite honest with you it was listen if you want to hear about that game check out two podcasts i mean this is podcast week this is, is mad because obviously the week's been shortened because of the sunday game check out the post match podcast pride of west london it's quite long but it's really good it's got the bees fans it's got the everton fans in there talking about that game giving you a really good opinion of what happened and also like i said to you check out the weekend review on pride of west london where again we discussed the match but in bullet point forms and we just picked out all our little kind of our little areas that we wanted to talk about and discuss them ah well a little bit here and there and it was actually uh, a really really good discussion on that sort of weekend review podcast so check that out but anyway listen I'm just going to go to Mark because I'm just wondering what is your main takeaway from the Everton game I guess I guess it's um I guess it's Charlie right I mean I think he was um he was on it and um you know he was determined, and um, I think he showed he showed a cool head. He was good on the ball, uh, very strong. I mean, arguably, could have given away a penalty with the shirt pulling and stuff. But um, I don't know. I just felt like it can't be easy for a guy like that to have gone through what he's gone through with his mystery illness and stuff, and um, forced his way back in there. Waited, 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 and he gets the start, and actually he put a really decent performance in. And, um, you know, I hope he didn't read too much about, um, you know, his 10-minute cameo up front, um, you know, um, because it, it didn't look like that bothered him, that's for sure, because he really got stuck in and, and played well. Um, so, I mean, for him, you know, sort of him stepping up like that made me feel good, you know, because I felt like you could see why the club had invested in him, why, the, you know, the, the scouting had, had identified him and all the rest of it. And um, it was just good to see him finally show us what he could do really um, yeah, you know yeah. up, up at a higher level yeah and, 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 and I think that's a big point because the fact is obviously I mean he's our sixth in line centre back we do have yeah. a problem in players with injuries and, and, and in defence uh, but the fact that he's come in and he's actually listen his job is defending I mean listen we might have lost a little bit going up front but that's not the point our job is defending we didn't let in a goal and he put his body on the line <clears throat> He blocked, he, he made untold blocks defensively. He was fantastic. <clears throat> the Winker, we'll talk about him a little bit later. I mean, Laney, for me, and I know that you plucked him out and you talked about him in the weekend review, Charlie Good was a big plus side for the game on a Sunday, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. It, we, I think everyone was really, really pleased for him. Um, it is a relief, um, but he has to do it again. You know, you can't, it can't just mm. be one, one good performance out of, out of his career so far. Um, he, he needs to do it, and I assume I assume that he'll he'll start again uh, on Thursday night at, uh, at Tottenham. So, uh, it, and, but then, but that's a completely different uh, as a completely different proposal. Uh, Spurs, I've got a lot more potency up front. You know, they they haven't got the injury um, injuries uh, to their front men that uh, that Everton had. So, I mean, you've got Son and you've got Kane, and you know it. it it's gonna be it's gonna be hard work, mate. Um, so yeah, so let, let's let's hope he can replicate that. And the same with Fernandez in goal. Um, it's important that they just get that consistency. Um, otherwise, you know, if you're not consistent in this this division, then you shouldn't be here. But listen, let's hear what the fans had to say after the Everton game. Both Bees fans and Everton fans in the pub and in the stands after the game. 
uh, that was a really good result. We set up to not let a goal in, keep a clean sheet. We did that really well. Charlie Good played the best game of his Bedford career by miles. We looked very, very solid. We were really worried beforehand about our defence. But totally solid. Uh, midfield was solid as well. And uh, Ivan Tony scored a penalty like he always does. That was a really good, solid performance. We really needed it. Three points in the base. Well done, the base. Absolutely beautiful. We could do with a win coming into this. We could have done with a clean sheet. We got both. After those Burnley and Norwich performances, especially that defence performance today was absolutely beautiful. Lovely to be here for a league game. Come on, you bees. It was all about keeping a clean sheet. You've got to get belief in the defence. That's the foundation of our success. Great. Great, great result. Yeah, mate, we needed a home win. We haven't won since the first game of the season here. And, yo, we've had a bit of unluck, uh, bad luck here at the stadium. Maybe we've got a little bit of luck along the way this is the second half. But we put ourselves in a good position. Brilliant win. Come on, you beast. Thought Everton were been awful, to be honest with you, mate. I thought they were really, really poor. But we did what we needed to do. It was all about three points today. It's a big, big three points. Happy days. In fairness, I didn't think Everton were very good. I didn't think we were very good. But we got three points. We need to be delighted. We need to push forward. And we need to kind of improve. Maybe some of our players take some of them off that look tired a bit earlier than what we should have, i.e. Canos. I felt he looked really tired by the, the first half. Should, I think he should have come off a bit earlier. And I think Whistler was on form. I think he had a bit of energy about him. And we needed that. We're going to safely say we got away with that one a little bit. Back to the wall, certainly, second half. But the boys dug in. Uh, the ref didn't help us at times, but that's the way it goes. I think it's a, overall take it as a solid performance and take a win all day long. No, I thought I thought today we would beat Brentford. I thought Everton Football Club, even with the reduced team we had, and to be fair to Brentford, I, I read that they had five injuries missing, five players missing. At the same time, I thought that the players that we brought in, Everton Football Club, as a established Premier League club, should have had enough behind them to beat Brentford. And I, I actually thought that we started off in the first 20 minutes as a good team. But having watched the team for this season, I didn't expect... I, 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 I truly thought that after that 20 minutes, even though we were playing good, keep, keep it together football and we were attacking, I didn't think we were going to win. And I, I fully understand that, that teams would say, well, you know, we weren't impressed with you. Um, I expected to win today, and I, I'm shocked that we didn't win. But we didn't. And I, teams like Brentford, teams like Newcastle, teams, all these teams are going to take points off Everton until we start having some belief, until we start getting some aggression, until we start believing in ourselves... They're going to take points off us. So, fair to Brentford today. They were the be- They were the better team. Yeah, they were the better team because they got the three points. You know, to be fair, the boys dug in and got the result that they needed. So, we'll take that. On to the next game. So, there you have it. The Everton fans and the Bees fans after the game in the pub. And uh, 
it was almost relief. You could just feel people, it was relief. They didn't care what the game was like. They didn't care how we played. We just needed to get those three points. We need to get, as they call it, the monkey off our back. So you could, and like I said, you, we, we could talk about this to the cows come home, but you've, you've listened to the fans. You listened to, you know, to, we, okay, Mark's made this point as well, which I think has made a really good point. And I think for us, we now have to look at how we move forward. We've got a lot of games in a very short space of time. But I tell you what, though, before we look forward... I think, tell you something, let's go back to that Everton game and let's see statistically what went down in that Everton game. We've got Will, the spreadsheet winker, Will Alsop, and he was, he's got his calculators and his, he's got his numbers and his charts out and he's telling us exactly what went down in that Everton game. Spreadsheet So what do we need to know about the Everton match then? We lost the XG battle just, with the Toffees creating 1.25 to our 1.23. We struggled in the box outside of the penalty, with no other chance above 12% in the entire match. This is partly due to the fact we had our third lowest possession of the season so far, only less against Liverpool and Arsenal, so we had much less of the ball to create chances. Relative to their much higher possession, Everton struggled to create big chances as well. Their XG came from a high number of medium-sized chances in the B's box. The highest of these was Rondon's superbly saved shot at 0.33 XG. The B's defence did a great job of smothering those chances, with four successful sliding challenges. Charlie Good in particular had an incredible game, winning all eight of his defensive duels. He recovered the ball ten times, despite losing it 14 times in the match. Alvaro Fernandez also had an excellent game in goal from a shot-stopping perspective. He saved five shots, four of those being reflex saves at close range. The XCG for Rondon's biggest chance was 0.27, so it was a very difficult chance for him to save. Despite seemingly having poor passing accuracy, he actually had his second highest long ball accuracy at 73%, and a short pass accuracy of 93%. In comparison, David Rea has a 66% long pass accuracy, so Fernandez is actually more accurate so far than Rea. That said, the quality of the passes is probably not as good. But he still had a great game. So there we go, we'll all stop the spreadsheet winker and slightly worrying like I said we didn't create that much in that game yeah we got a big XG from the penalty but other than that we didn't create very many chances at all as Will had said there so you know we talked about this and you know about you know if we start to drop off in our chance creation you know if we're creating chances we're not putting in the back of the net that's fine but all of a sudden you know we're not creating the chances that starts to get a little bit worrying now whether or not that's just because of uh, the injuries the change of formation I'm not quite sure what it may be but you know that's something that we need to definitely look out for but listen just coming back to that Everton game just 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 one just one last thought on the Everton game Laney um I'm glad we haven't got to talk about it anymore <laughs> because uh, it, it, it was it was a sh- it was a sh- it was a shocker and we we got the three points and that I mean we we could if we if we were brutal we could have like summed all that up in a, in a sentence um, yeah it, it it was it's not one that we'll be looking back um, as 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 a a favourite game it's no, it's never going to feature in Brentford's favourite matches so uh, yeah but it's it's one of my favourite three points of the season because the the relief I, I felt euphoric at the end and you know it, it it was worth it just for the hearing the final whistle indeed and Mark quick summing up that Everton. 
Uh, you know, I agree. It was a poor game. I mean, the best thing I could say, I was scanning, um, you know, match of the day for the game, just trying to drop in on our game. And I was watching the wrong file. I was watching the Saturday match of the day. And I was thinking, oh, shit, they've left us out. And I was thinking, well, fair enough. That was a terrible game. So that <laughs> that is actually that is actually what I, how I how I would put it really. If they had yeah. left us out on match of the day, I wouldn't have been surprised because it, it was a poor match. So listen, anyway, we've got to cheer ourselves up a little bit because JB is coming right. with his facts and his funk. Let's listen to what JB has to say with some facts and some funk. Jonathan Burchard here again. The Everton game was watched by yet another record crowd at the new stadium. 43 short of 17,000. The three points come in a fixture congested period where 27 points are up for grabs in 36 days, not to mention a League Cup semi-final place. Everton are one of the teams we played in all of our previous top flight seasons. We remain unbeaten at home against them at this level now, with four wins, three clean sheets and two draws. It was the 29th occasion we'd won a league game 1-0 with the goal from a penalty spot. And only one of those occurred in a previous top tier season, April 1937 against Chelsea. Ivan Tony scored his 13th penalty, and for good measure this time it was against England's international goalkeeper. We've excluded penalties in wartime leagues, only Kevin O'Connor has scored more, with Tony needing five more to equal his record, although Kev played in 16 seasons and Ivan is just in his second. Of the players who have taken 10 or more B's penalties, Ivan's 100% success rate is unique in club history. So there you go, JB, with his facts and his funk. And uh, penalties, you know. I mean, he's talking about penalties. Kevin O'Connor is the main man when it comes to penalties, which is interesting. But, like, Kev has scored more goals in penalties than Ivan Tony, of course. But he did it over about 475 years at Brentford, like I'm saying. So what he's saying. So uh, Ivan Tony's way on the way. Could have had one more as well, just to say. Yeah. Could have yeah. and should have had one more. But anyway, I won't go into that. You, you think so? <laughs> Tell us why. Well, the trotter one, right? If he'd have, oh, yeah. If he'd have, yeah. If he'd have taken the ball off him, he could have had one more, that's mm, for sure. That's right. That's right. Uh, Tell you something though, tell you what the interesting conversation that's going around and there's quite a few people have been saying it to me, Uh, people are saying it at the FSA Awards yesterday, I've seen people saying it online, they're talking about Ivan Tony, and this conversation keeps coming up, other people keep saying, Ivan Tony, he's going for England, he's going to play for England soon, again I had it about three or four people saying it to me again today, you know, and I was thinking really, isn't he not scoring enough goals, The, the way that that guy plays He's going to be playing for England soon. So that's quite an interesting conversation that is going around. Mm. And I wonder whether or not he will be. We talked about this in the next batch of England internationals in March, actually. That'll be a really interesting shout on that one, Ivan. You know, yeah. it'd, be, it'd be lovely. I mean, I'm sure that there'll be uh, hundreds of Brentford fans will go down to Wembley uh, to go and see our, our first ever player that we'll see in the red and white stripes, you know, actually playing for an England team, which will be really yeah. interesting. But talking about the England team, we're going to be playing a team with, uh, well, at least one England international if not maybe a few more internationals in their side it's full of internationals the Tottenham team as we're going to be playing Tottenham we're going to new White Hart Lane on Saturday to their new stadium to check it out I'm going to pop downstairs again go and grab myself another beer because as you know anything is possible as we're playing Tottenham and we need to get a result from there if we can do so I'm going to get a beer I'm going to come back and let's talk Tottenham (laughs) 
So, it's Thursday, not Saturday. I'm so used to Saturday. Saturday, Tuesday, th- oh, all over the place. But it's Thursday we're playing Tottenham because it's on Amazon TV. So that's the reason why it all got shifted. So we're playing them on the Thursday uh, and we're playing Tottenham. We're going to New White Hart Lane. And for some people, it's the first trip to New White Hart Lane. I've been there, like I said, I've been there a few times. I've been there three, it's my fourth trip to New White Hart Lane as well. And it's going to be, uh, I'm really looking forward to it, actually, because I'm going there with my team. We're going to be behind the goal. Um, And I've seen what it's like at uh, that Tottenham ground, because you can actually make some noise as an opposition fan. Um, Actually, I don't know if they're going to put us behind the goal. No, I think they put us in the corner, actually. They put us in the bottom corner is where they put the the, the Middlesbrough fans. But you can make some noise and and you can get behind them. And you can actually make the Tottenham fans actually quite quiet if you actually get behind them and your team does the business. But anyway, tell you what, you know, we're talking about Tottenham, going to Tottenham. I thought we we need to go straight in there and find something out about them because I know we played them last season but things have changed a lot between both Brentford and Tottenham from last season so let's go back to Will the spreadsheet winker he's going to give us the statistical lowdown on Tottenham so what do we need to know about the Spurs match then they're outperforming their XG at the moment sitting 12th in the Justice League but they were a lot lower than that before Antonio Conte came in, who's had a win and a draw so far in the Premier League. They won both games on XG, but only managed to create 0.85 against Everton. Against Leeds, however, they created large chance in the box with ease, and it's important to note that they do have some incredible forwards. Hyunmin Son has four goals so far from 3.62 XG, and Harry Kane has one goal from 2.57 XG. We should expect him to catch up on that deficit soon, despite what anyone says about him. They sit off a bit more than Brentford do, allowing attackers 12 passes on average in front of their defenders before tackling. They also pass the ball long nearly half as much as bees do, so we should expect some playing out from the back. They've also shifted to a back three system under Conte, which is seeing wing-backs like Regulon garner far more XG than in previous games. In the two matches since Conte's arrival, the Spanish left-back has created 0.21 and 0.81 XG, scoring once. He's 100% one to account for, and Sergi Canos and Charlie Good need to be on their game to keep him quiet. So there you go, Will, the spreadsheet winker on Tottenham. And uh, listen, we, we listen. He could say all we know about Tottenham. We know they're dangerous. We know they've got some great players. Um, uh, and, and and Conte going there as well as the manager. There's a little bit of fear because he's going to change things up. You know, he's gone to three at the back, which means he's got the wing-back thing going on. And Regulon, you know, is the player who could be a little bit more dangerous for us. But it is what it is, isn't it, Mark? Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, the, the big fear I've got is they're going to be rested, right? I mean, after the, the Burnley postponement, um, all the first team is going to come roaring back and they're going to be well-rested. And I think, you know, having had that, you know, a few extra days... Versus us having to decide, you know, who from our core um, eleven are we going to get to play again? It's going to be challenging, really. And I'm, you know, looking a little bit beyond the Tottenham game as well. A little bit worried about the about the Leeds one, you know. Um, and I think this is the big challenge for us now. You know, we're carrying five or six inju- injuries, and the games are going to come thick and fast now. And December is pretty terrifying. And January ain't far, ain't far behind. Um, so it's just going to be interesting to see what Thomas does, isn't it? How, how he's going to shuffle the pack um, because we've got to get some fresh, um, some fresh minds, I think, for, for the next league game. Um, so you know, I, I want us to take it to Spurs. I want us, 
you know, if we can get, um, you know, um, to extra time, game on, right? But um, I'm concerned about that rest that Spurs have had um, and, uh, you know, whether we're going to be you know, at, up and at them after what I think was a pretty physical game against Everton. You were talking about Spurs and the fear that they they might be up for it. Let's let's go and find out from a rested set of fans. We're going to go over to Ricky from Last Word on Spurs, and he's rested because he had no game to go to at the weekend because their game got called off up at Burnley. And I, I, I mean, it must be gutting. Fifty minutes before the game, I was listening to the Last Word and Spurs podcast, and they were gutted. Like you know, I'll be really gutted. I mean, we were gutted that it took us five hours to get up to Burnley and the game was on. <laughs> you know. I'll be more. I wouldn't know how I felt if the game was off. But anyway, let's go over to Ricky from Last Word on Spurs. He's going to give us the full lowdown on Tottenham. Guys, thank you very much for having me on. It's Ricky Sachs here from the Last Word on Spurs. I am providing a preview for Tottenham Hotspur against Brentford to come on Thursday night in the Premier League. And I would safely say to start this show, um, Spurs' season, I can only describe it as being a real topsy-turvy roller coaster. When you look at, back at Spurs' summer, of course, 72 days search for a manager ended in the appointment of Nuno Espirito Santo. Um, things were going well for Spurs, to be honest with you, at the start of the season. Of course, three straight wins, only looking pretty. Nuno getting manager of the month, and then the London Derby started to come our way. Arsenal, Chelsea... West Ham and Nuno Espirito Santo could not only just buy a win but also set it up tactically just quite all over the place inept I think was fair to say and slowly after what looked like a really good start to the season Spurs's start seemingly started to unravel as such did the players trust in the manager confidence and as a whole I think fans were left very very quickly having that feeling thinking oh my god what have we done I think it's fair to say, you know, when you look at Spurs' squad they've got, there's absolutely no doubt for Tottenham there's a real need to invest. It's clear that there's been a real... um, I would personally say, from my perspective, Spurs have allowed the squad to get to a point where it's really deteriorated. When you look back at a club that was in a Champions League final, what, between 18 to 24 months ago, and just how much that squad has really disintegrated, uh, how the quality is now really, really died in a way to be honest with you I think there's a real need to invigorate the club and I think that's hence the reason why Spurs have gone with a manager of the class and the calibre of Antonio Conte the man is a winner wherever he's been he's always won trophies and he's always got the best out of the squad that's available to him I think when you look at Conte in comparison to Spurs's previous couple of managers you look at Pochettino. Uh, Pochettino, of course, was a manager that would always be able to get the best out of the current crop. He was a coach. He was hands-on. He would always improve players. You look back at the likes of Danny Rose, Kyle Walker, uh, how he had the two Belgians, of course, Jan Vertonghen, Toby Alderweireld. Again, especially midfield two of Moussa Dembele, Victor Wanyama. Of course, and you look at the potency of Harry Kane up front. Pochettino had a squad that was playing for him, that was running the extra mile, and that ultimately believed in everything that man was saying. Unfortunately for Pochettino, of course, at the end of a five-year cycle, still no trophies materialised, and inevitably, unfortunately, the squad no longer ended up believing in his philosophy. So what did Spurs do? They sacked Mauricio Pochettino at a point where they could have backed him, given him the investment that he was crying out for, and that he could see from a distance that... Now, we've seen with Jose Mourinho, 
Nuno Espirito Santo, there was a real need to rebuild Tottenham. And Pochettino knew it very, very early on, but wasn't given the backing. Spurs turned to Jose Mourinho, a man in which, of course, is quite controversial. There's no doubt about it. Jose Mourinho's had a fabulous career. Look at the trophies he's won. Look at all the countries he's won trophies in. There's no doubt that he has got a certain element of being able to get the best out of some players. And there's no doubt about that. We use the term some players because we've seen in his managerial career, he also has a tendency to alienate certain players to a point where dressing rooms become quite toxic and there's this hangover left with Mourinho. And that's exactly what happened with Tottenham. Not only did Spurs fail to win a trophy, they also had to deal with the fallout of Jose Mourinho. And I think I'll probably argue that's where the club still are today. They are still not over the Mourinho hangover. So Antonio Conte, what will he bring? Is he the answer? That's what all Spurs fans want to know. That's the million dollar question. How are they convinced a man, a stature of Antonio Conte to join Tottenham Hotspur? And um, a lot of that is down to, of course, Spurs' managing director, Fabio Paratigi. There's no secret, there's no surprise here that, of course, in the summer, Spurs tried to go for Antonio Conte. What we understand from our perspective at the last word on Spurs is that Tottenham just could not match the demands of the Italian. However, fast forward four months on, after the fallout with Nuno Espirito Santo being a man clearly not the right person for the job, Spurs advertised the job as a role which would require free-flowing attacking football from any future manager. Tottenham got themselves Nuno Espirito Santo, who, to be fair to him personally, was just not the right fit. Nice guy, lovely gentleman, just not the right fit for Tottenham Hotspur. In Antonio Conte, it's not just about the football, it's the expectation now that has gone up a level with Antonio Conte coming to the club and what he has achieved already we've seen in his short time in the Premier League with Chelsea, a Premier League and FA Cup. And there's been a real desire, belief from him to try and get Tottenham back to that top table only from early on from what we've seen in terms of his comments. Yep, Spurs have been close the last few seasons, but if we're being realistic, you look at Spurs' squad right now, it's a real need to rebuild the current side, to transform the current side. It won't be easy. It's going to take time. It's going to take patience. Of course, for Tottenham, as we know, when we look at Conte's contract, it is only 18 months. Therefore, you would feel the next couple of windows are going to be absolutely huge in terms of what Antonio Conte is going to need to do to Tottenham. It's clear Tottenham, like I say, in the summer, uh, were identifying centre-backs. Of course, they brought in Christian Romero from Atalanta. Um, at the moment, he's out injured, which is obviously desperately difficult for Tottenham, given how poor they are defensively, you would say, especially from a centre-back perspective. They've had many try. They've had, obviously, Eric Dyer in there, uh, Davinson Sanchez, Joe Roden. Quite frankly, at the moment, I think for Tottenham and for Antonio Conte, it's clear Christian Romero would be his number one centre-back. And for Tottenham, it's trying to find a way of them bringing players in around him that are going to complement him in the current group until the January transfer window opens. But for Spurs, I just think at the moment, they're in need of going on a winning run under Conte. They've had a tough start so far. Of course, our previous game against Burnley was postponed due to severe weather conditions. So for Spurs, it is all about now trying to go 
on a decent run in the Premier League. I think it's fair to say we've got some favourable fixtures to come. This, no offence, being one of them in Brentford, aside that when I watched them against Everton at the weekend, it's probably the poorest I've seen Brentford so far in the Premier League. I was really surprised by the lack of possession, just the real lack of guile from Brentford. So, from a Tottenham perspective, I think there's a real opportunity here to take advantage of a side that haven't looked on all cylinders in the last game. And I think when you look at Spurs, obviously we recently moved to that new stadium. When I compare it to White Hart Lane, there's definitely a definitely a, a, a different atmosphere around the place now. I think it's fair to say that once in that last season at White Hart Lane, it was a fortress. I think for Tottenham, they're still trying to find their way at their new home. For away fans, you know, it's, it's, uh, in terms of um, pubs nearby... I wouldn't know off the top of my head for you guys where the best place would be, if I'm being brutally honest with you. Um, there's the Antwerp Arms, that is quite nice, which is outside of Tottenham. But um, generally, you might have to give that one a Google search, because like I say, generally a lot of the pubs around Tottenham are for members only, you might find, if you come down to, of course, for the game at White Hart Lane. In terms of what we can expect from Spurs on the pitch, I think it's fair to say, listen, Harry Kane's form this season... Hasn't been the greatest. We need Harry back final cylinders. I think no one can really explain just what's in Harry's mind at the moment. I think it's been a real difficult, difficult summer for him. Where clearly his head was at Manchester City. But the move never materialised. The money was never staked up. Spurs need their likes of their top players to come to the fore. The likes of Hummin Son. They need Lucas Moore to step up. They need their attacking players to really be on show for this game. Because Spurs need the result. It's going to be, you would feel, a decent atmosphere. It's Premier League midweek. Spurs need to win. Conte will look to raise the bar. And I think it's fair to say that when you look at Spurs in general, um, if Spurs have any ambition to try and get back into the top four, these are the games they have to go and win. And when you look at the team, I'd probably say Lloris in goal. Emerson Royale on the right. Sergio Reguilon. On the left, I then have obviously the um, defence going to be probably Eric oh, Eric Dyer in the middle. At left centre-back, you probably would say it's going to be Ben Davis. Potentially, you would say, maybe Joe Roden getting an opportunity. Midfield, I don't think there'll be many changes in there for Tottenham. Um, Conte's been, been pretty consistent. You'll probably see the likes of Oliver Skip, Pierre-Emile Hoybier, Harry Kane leading the line up top. And again, you know, Spurs... They need to win. They need the result. Um, I think for Brentford, in terms of causing Spurs problems, I would possibly suggest, you know, this is a new system Tottenham are deploying with the wing-backs. And with any new system, it's teething, it takes time. So therefore, you know, I would be telling Brentford to get at Spurs' full-backs. Get at their full-backs. They're not used to this system. They're not used to how they're playing. I think, again, susceptible-wise, Spurs defensively from set-pieces. That's still a massive problem for Tottenham this season. But um, I don't want to give too much more away on just how poor Spurs are defensively. But really looking forward to this game. Tottenham need a result. Um, I'm going to personally go for a Spurs win. I'm going to go for a 3-1 Tottenham win. I'd like to take this opportunity to wish you guys the very best for the rest of the season, apart from this game. And hope you enjoy it to the travelling fans, but don't expect too much. Enjoy the rest of the season. I've been Ricky Sachs from the last one on Spurs. Thank you so much. 
So there you go, Ricky from Last Word on Spurs. And yeah, thank you for that, Ricky. Good guy, Ricky. Back in the Love Sport days, we were there as well. Remember that old school Love Sport? That's properly old school, that, isn't it? Lady, can you cast your mind back to Love Sport? Do you remember those days? <laughs> yeah, I do. Yeah, it was, it was good fun. It was nice having your own radio, yeah. nice having your own radio show. It's, uh, yeah. Uh, so, yeah. But, all, uh, they, they, all very professional. Yeah, well, no, I was another victim of, of, of the pandemic, wasn't it? They, they went under. Yeah. But, uh, but I'm looking, yeah. I'm looking forward to Thursday night, Bill, um, because you know, I, I think, I think we can overthink this one. I, you know, I hear that they have been rested, you know, which is, is obviously it's always, um, it's always you know a bonus for a team. Um, but they actually need time playing because they're still they're still not they've still not adapted to a different style of play um you know uh spirito santo was was lambasted by the spurs fans they didn't win and win enough and he didn't have a he didn't have a recognized style as such tottenham have kind of they're quite um they 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 feel like they have a style like that's gone through generations they they, they like football played a certain way um conti i'm not i'm not quite sure you know how how it's going to evolve, but his, his start's been a bit splattery. I mean, the 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 Leeds game that I watched, they went a goal down. And they 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 didn't play at all in the first half, and it was a be, it was a better performance second half. But it wasn't like well beaten. It wasn't like oh my god, you know this this is this is incredible now. And then they lost they lost in Europe. They lost in that Mickey Mouse conference thing that they're in to you know Mura. A bunch um, of b- b- bakers and butchers, apparently. apparently you know yeah. what I'm so, like, you know. so it's not it's not been you know we can o- overhype him and we can overhype the start that he's made, um, but they're still they're still like work in progress. And I, I think you know we can go there and if we set ourselves up and we and we have a proper go at them, um, there's, there's there's things from those two games, you know, the Leeds match and and that Mura game that. We, we can we can learn from so I'm I'm not I'm I'm actually sort of fearing the trip to Ellen Road a little bit more if I'm honest because you know um, they've got they 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 know how they play under Bielsa and they they you know they, they have proper pace in that team so yeah it's, it's a it's a it's a tough couple of matches but yeah I'm really looking forward to Tottenham yeah I mean just this Tottenham game I mean for me. The, obviously, it's interesting again. Listen to last word on Spurs, and you know, I'll be honest with you. If you listen to this, Ricky, they, they wrote us off. They're just saying, you know, we started off great, but then we've dipped off, you know, and that's kind of how it just that's how it goes. You know, the, the Brentford have dipped off, obviously not knowing that we've got like a shed load of injuries, and that's kind of the reason why the dip off has happened, in particular with Raya, you know. And we could talk about this week in and week out, but it is a massive thing. But also the other thing that we have to realise is that just as you were talking about the goalkeeper, Fernandez had a really great game earlier. You said, I'm so pleased that he had a great game. Um, Fernandez as well, and also Charlie Good had a good game. Obviously, week on week, Thomas Frank and everyone's going to be working with these players in training. So, you know, when we first start off and they're thrown in the deep end, they're going to be bad. But they're going to be starting to get better because they're going to understand how to work with the team, you know, and how to work, you know, and, and how to play the way that we're, we're used to playing, which is obviously was sort of a little bit foreign to them earlier. So that, for me, is the plus side. We're going to improve also, we do have players coming back. So Shannon Baptiste has now come back into the fold. Weiss has now come back into the fold. You know, all these players which haven't featured over the last four, six weeks. So our team is going to actually be changing. And I think it's going to be improving, which these things aren't put into 
aren't factored by the opposition, you know. And when you listen to them, when the opposition, they talk about you, they, they talk about you in black and white, you know, but they don't know the reasons why this is happening. So I'm sort of kind of like slightly buoyed by the fact that we've got players coming back as well as players having played together. We've also tried out a few things that haven't worked. Like, you know, we've put Roslev in the middle of the three, which we know that hasn't worked. So we've got to try something else. And we've got put Charlie Good in there. And he, he did all right on, on, on Sunday. So it's almost like, you know, we're, 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 we're trying our way through this to make sure that we can get out the other end okay so I was a little bit well very nervous about this Tottenham game before because I was thinking they're going to come in there and they can they just tear us, tear us to pieces but I think that I, even though on Sunday no we weren't, we weren't great especially because we ran out of steam especially in the second half the fact these players are coming back and also because we're playing Tottenham who play a particular type of, of football as well it may actually suit us and it may actually be better and don't forget we did actually go all the way through to the League Cup semi-final with our I'll be a second strings team last year to the um, to the League Cup semi last year to, with our second string team so listen positive vibes as we say um but listen, I'm just going to say this quickly because I'm going to ask you a question, Mark, because we put this question out there to our to our listeners on the Weekend Review podcast and also we put it out on Twitter and we put it on Facebook in an article. And we said, look, you know, as you know, anything is possible, you know, and if anything is possible, which Brentford player would you choose to play against Spurs on Thursday? Because obviously, you know, we're short of players. We've got injuries. If you could bring any player back from the past, which one would you choose? And we actually put the word out where we actually did it on the show. Which which three players are we choosing on the show again, Lainey? Um, I was Henrik Dalsgaard. Nick was um, Wojciech Chesney, and you were Herman Horidison. That's right. And we did that, and like I said to you, we put it uh, we, we we put it out there uh, to the people. We did a little poll, and we said, you know, which of those three players, you know, out of those three you think would be the one that we should bring back and it's interesting it was almost neck and neck between Chesney and Henrik Dalsgaard Chesney got 45% Dalsgaard got 41% and my Herman Haridison got 14% I think that's maybe because a lot of the younger folk probably don't know who Herman is but anyway no that's not for it but anyway <laughs> that's right but anyway but also the thing is that we also asked a lot of people to actually put in their thoughts as to who they think should go in and we said whoever got to come up we might pick a couple of people and what we'll do wherever you are in the world we'll buy you a beer so uh, I mean Steve Crickner he said Paul Evans you know Captain Fantastic and that goal from the halfway line, which I think is a is quite a good shout as well. Um, anybody? Else? Oh, Paul Ridley, Ridley, who lives in uh, the south of France, actually as well. He said Keith Jones. I spoke to Keith Jones a couple of months ago as well. Actually, he's out, he's out in America at the moment now. He said he could pick a defence splitting pass and knew how to mix it too. So I think that's a good shout there from uh, from the Ridley Laney. Um, any any shouts from anybody that you've seen? Yeah, no, it's, it's some really good suggestions. Yeah, the the, the, the Keith Jones one that that. Um, that jumped out. Colin Smith, um, Stan the Man Bowls. Uh, he was classy. Whether he was Premiership classy, I'm not sure. I'm not sure he could. I'm not sure he was up for like 90 minutes of uh, this kind of energy. Um, uh, Alex Pritchard, that was a good shout. Alex Pritchard at his best. Um, uh, Sam Soji, the result would. That's never... Chris Ballam said that yeah, by the way. Sorry, Chris, Chris Ballam. 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 Um, yeah. Jerry Burke, Sam Soji, the result would never be in doubt. A bit of a wink ooh. there. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Yeah. Um, ooh, Ian, Ian Page has said Yotta. Um, 
uh, well, you know, with Tony in the, in yeah, the last Tony, minute. Yeah, that's a, that's a good suggestion. Um, and then yeah. Ian Tuckwell, he tucked right in there with Alan Judge, which um, you know, again, you know, what a brilliant player he was for Brentford before that horrific injury. Yeah, he was. Mark, any 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 jump out at you at all? Ah, well, I'd I'd have gone Chesney. You know, uh, that would have been my 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 sort of slightly cheeky pick. I reckon, you know, sort of Arsenal um, little you know foe um, in there uh, instead of um, Fernandez. Hernandez. Um, I kind of I kind of feel. Ah, wouldn't it be fun to have um, you know Chopper Harris, people like that. Um, in there and mix it with Perhaps them. But... Somebody shouted Chopper Harris actually. Sarah, yeah, Sarah. 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 That's right. Sarah Lowenthal yeah. said Chopper Harris. The it was I- a good call. The idea. Yeah. yeah. The idea makes me laugh. Slightly, slightly terrifies me, but the idea makes me laugh. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, um, what about Marcus? What about Marcus Gale up front? Right. It's not a bad shout. And um, you know, his um, his power, his pace. Um, the player I wish was playing is De Silva, um, but I know I can't pick him. So I'm sorry. No, you can't pick him. No, no, you can't pick him. <laughs> it's, it's interesting. The Everton fans, Everton fans actually replied to it and said, "Actually, do you mind if you just take any of our players?" Like you're saying, they said, and uh, and I just thought, oh, actually, that's quite uh, that's not bad. I'm sure there's one or two Everton players that we could have probably actually kind of maybe played a little bit better than they played on uh, on Sunday as well. What about Alan Cochran? Um, you know, um, I can remember some some awesome um, corners that went straight in the top corner. We could do with one of them. That's right. That's right. We got Paperboy as well. It's one of our crews. He's he's actually sitting on a beach in Thailand as he has been for the last few years. He said, "I'll bring back Gary Blissett, Bill. I think he'd do a number and all these soft." players today up the bees is what he said as well which is all good as well you know John Gosling's gone for stand bowls as well a few people on the stand bowls we've got Jason as well Jason Wills and he's gone DJ Campbell I'd, uh, you know, I'd have him back in the side because yeah. it's pace rawness and belief he showed scoring two goals against Sunderland uh, to be fair and that's actually quite a good shout because DJ like, had hardly been in the side that time and he was a bit of a revelation wasn't he yeah, I don't think I don't think he's. I, yeah, I, I think he was all right in League One. I'm not sure DJ Campbell. Nah, not for me. Completely. Yeah, agree, I'm just, you know, I think that warm moment that he had when he scored those two goals that was a very warm moment, was he? Yeah, one good as well. Game. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. We got um, um, Darren Darren Powell. Darren Powell. Darren Powell was yeah, it? No, Powell's classy, got, but yeah, it's right. So he got that as well. Dislocated uh, who dislocated Soul's uh, shoulder in the home game against Tottenham in the nineties, you know. So uh, you got that as well. Somebody else, like I said, yeah, also Graham Butler said Denny Mundy. He goes, I love that guy. That's what Graham Butler says, you know. Um, front shirt untucked, the shuffle, brilliant. He'll run rings around Kane and Son. <laughs> shall, we, shall we put a phone call in, lady? There's, um, no, no one suggested <laughs> Neil Shipperley. No, yeah. no, no, no one actually. <laughs> that's a, funny. It's amazing that no one suggested them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, uh, sh- there is Shippo though, who said he's ch- tried to cheat and says, "I'm going to use the loophole in this question and say David Raya." Um, you didn't say X player, which is uh, mm. a bit of a cheat actually, as well. Yeah, Joe Thompson as well. The answer to any Brentford question is always Terry Herlock. Who put out the fire on Braemar Road? Terry Herlock. <laughs> Who'd run for a ball for the team? Terry Herlock. Who was wilder than the? T- uh, who, who, who was wider than tall? Terry Erlock. Who do you want back to kick Tottenham all over the pitch? Terry Erlock. Terry Erlock. Yeah, weird. agreed. <laughs> Terry's going to get you. Nice one, Joe. As well. nice one. <laughs> Alex Cole as well. He's gone. He's gone. Jamie Bates about kind of getting the squad relaxed before the game. Well, There's a little bit of a fanar fanar going on there, fanar, Alex. Fanar. I think actually, as well. So yeah, listen, great answers there for everybody. Like I said to you. We obviously can only do that if anything is possible. 
and uh, well you never know it might be possible maybe we might bring one of them back actually later as well Jason Piercy no actually no we're not going to bring him back actually somebody said Bancoli the goalkeeper which I thought was actually quite a good shout as well so uh, which is all good but Laney I'm going to ask you going through those could you pick a winner one or two we'll have... pick one for now and then we might go and pick another one if we're feeling good well okay well I'm going to go for, for the manners um, I'm going to go for John O'Mara because he, he, he passed away recently. So Stuart Bennett, John O'Mara, Stuart Bennett. Oh, jo- Stuart Bennett. Yeah. Okay. Um, and yeah, so he's the, uh, Brentford's record appearance holder, um, and well, one of the Brentford's record appearance holders. Um, and he was Mr. Brentford, and you wouldn't get past him. Uh, he, he's a great defender. So yeah, John O'Mara. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna pick him. Are you gonna pick another one? Yeah, I think I'm gonna go for Joe Thompson's Terry Herlock as well. So uh, yeah. Yes, definitely Joe Thompson. So basically, we've got Joe Thompson and we've got also, we've got Stuart Bennett. Stuart Bennett. We're going to buy you a beer wherever you are. If you come down to Brentford and you come to a game, Brentford, buy you a beer at the Globe. Or if not, wherever you are, we'll buy you a beer wherever you are. We're going to do this. Anything is possible feature every week. We'll flip it up, of course, as we do. But as I say, do anything is possible as far as we're concerned. So it's all good. But anyway, just coming back to Tottenham, Laney. Uh, the fact that we don't have John O'Mara or Terry Herlock or, or any of these old goalkeepers, Piercy or George Bangoli in goal. We've just got our team of, 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 of injured players who are going to be coming back. Looking at Tottenham, they're very strong at shooting from direct free kicks, very strong at creating long shot opportunities and very strong at protecting the lead. But where they're weak is finishing scoring chances, stopping their opponents from creating chances, defending against attacks down the wings and defending counter-attacks. They take long shots, they like short passes, they attack down the right, the consistent first 11, opponents play aggressively against them and they're non-aggressive. So Tottenham, looking at that, there is, we can get at them, don't you think so, Mark? Yeah, I th- I th- of course we can, of course we can. I, th- I think that we'll set up to sit back a bit I think first 20 minutes we'll look to get you know the um, the two wing backs up and um, and get and try and get in behind and I think I think Ivan is going to give Ivan will give any central defence nightmares I mean he's right on it at the moment um, you know two in two I think it is isn't it and um, you know I, I fancy him definitely at the moment I feel like maybe he's got his shooting boots back and um, I think there's a bit more swagger about Ivan at the moment the last few games it's my, you know just the feeling you get as a fan watching. And uh, yeah, I you know I think we will give them trouble. I think midfield is where I'm curious to see what we'll do, just because I feel like we kind of, you know, keep shuffling the players around in there a little bit. And I wonder with the Leeds game, what Thomas will do. Will Jensen be back in? Will he start um, Shandon? I hope he starts Shandon um, because I just like how progressive he is, um, you know, and Vitali as well. So. I hope Shandon starts. That's my that's my wish. Yeah. And, and and lady, I mean, you know, I mean, Mark's talked about about the changes. We we can do this. Yeah, well, you know, they're they're only three points ahead of us, um, you know, and they've they've got a goal goal difference of minus six. So you know, the word Spurs is obviously you know the the, the biggest you know the biggest sort of obstacle. We can get past that. The team have only been marginally better than us, and they've let in shed more low goals than us as well. Um, I think Thomas Frank's uh, press conference today, um, he said that everyone that featured in the game on on Sunday is is fit. Um, and available for Thursday so 
uh, there was obviously a big question mark over Rico because he hobbled off after being kicked up in the air by Sergi Canos. Um, and there's, you know, there was there's a, there's, there's a few there's a few concerns. But so if we take him at his word and it's true, then you know Rico um, lines up on the left, which is is is, is vital. We, we 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 go there. We need we need a Rico in the team. So uh, yeah. So I, I as I said, I'm I'm a bit more concerned about. About Ellen Road on Sunday, but you know we know that if Tottenham are on top of their game, they have got world-class players in that team. So we have to we have to roll our sleeves up and we have to put in a, a massive performance, a performance that is a lot better than Sunday's. But yeah, we go there, we give it our best, and uh, you know it, we could, it could be a famous famous victory. I just wanted to um, say, you know, it's a big game for Brian and Bumo, isn't it, as well? Because, um, you know, he's been putting a shift in lately. And I kind of feel, you know, if he can miss the woodwork um, tomorrow, then um, on Thursday, then, um, you know, maybe it's, a, maybe it's a, a, a potential big night for him. I mean, you know, if we can get at them with pace, if he can get, you know, the second balls from Ivan and stuff like that, and Ivan starts dropping deep, maybe Brian could be a big, big threat. You know, I, I'd, I'd love to see... Um, Brian get you know a couple of goals because he has been fantastic um, for us by and large this season. Really, he's been incredibly unlucky. Yeah, I agree, hundred percent. He has been, and just I mean, just coming back to it's interesting because you're talking about the Tottenham squad, and again, I was listening to the Tottenham podcast before, and it's interesting because they can have like an hour's debate about talking about which players are going to be playing in midfield and defence and up front. You know what I'm saying? And they're choosing all these like high quality players and then they're sort of saying oh we, we, he's not as good as him and he's not quite good and, and, and Rodon's not good and, and I'm thinking to myself I'm not being funny but for us it's like you know what your midfield is you know what your defence is you know what it's going to have up front and if those players are injured you kind of like like struggling really you know and the difference mm. the, the unbelievable difference you know when you know I mean if we had that wealth of players where if your players are injured and you know you can bring these players in which you know to other other teams they might think mm, they're not that great but we're thinking I'm not being funny mate but we'd have them as a you know second class um, defender or midfielder we'd have them as a first class defender or midfielder like you know so there is a definite difference between the two of us in the way that we we go about putting our team together, way we think about it and the way that we think about the players who are seen as fringe players as well. For me, I'm actually quite confident about this game. I went on the Spurs um, last, word of podcast, uh, last Word of Spurs podcast and I went for a two-all draw, I believe it. I think I went for, I'm sure I went for a draw anyway, which is a two-all draw. I'm thinking there'll be goals in this and I'd love to get a point. Uh, I want to get a point at Tottenham, so I'm going to go for a two-all draw. Come on, you bees. Laney? I'm going to go for a 3-1 Brentford win. Oh, 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 lady! You still, 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 drunk. still taking the fumes, still the fumes from last night. You know what I'm <laughs> okay, so you feel that's good. You're feeling confident as well. So, and uh, and the Bonner. Well, I, I've got to be honest. I, I, I think one-one, but maybe, maybe we can get there. You know, if we take them, you know, to extra time and stuff. Um, maybe um, a good one for um, Alvaro, right? You know, let's let's see if he can build build on things. You know, a pen. Good penalty shootout. I'd love it. I'd love it. Yeah, this is good. And just to say as well, just on a, on a flip note as well, which has literally just come through, you know, um, Josh De Silva, who obviously had a great game against Tottenham when we played him in the, tu- in the cup a year ago. Mm. He had his first day out on the in the training pitch today on the grass oh, as well. Brilliant. So, you know, so apparently yeah, a little video has gone out. So that is good news Super. that, you know, that, that, that De Silva's it's back, which is great. News. You know, so 
in the new year, fingers crossed. This, this is the things. Yeah, yeah. Players like that coming back in are going to be a massive difference for us. Uh, people are going to, you know, people are going to be shocked when we're back to full strength, Brentford. You know, but we just keep to have to put yeah. our finger in the dam for now and just make sure that the water isn't leaking That's like good. it was in my house all last night and all today. You know, with the engineer <laughs> inside there, and I was sitting there in my dressing gown, as I'm still doing now, freezing my nuts off, waiting for this engineer to basically smash my house to pieces so that he could find the one pipe that was broken somewhere. But anyway, as we go, so that is Brentford for you. Fingers crossed, they'll be okay after the new year. But this is the besotted Pride of West London podcast. Thank you very much for listening. I've very much enjoyed and getting this off my chest after having a very good night last night down at their Football Supporters Association with with my mate Laney and lots of other football fans. And we've had a very nice time, which is all good. Uh, Great to meet the Mark Bonner, the Bonner man as well, who is in the house. Thank you very much, Mark, for coming on the podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. Pleasure, I loved it. Yeah, Cheers, of Mark. Appreciate yeah, that, which is, mate. Wicked. Which is all good, yeah, which is pleasure. all good. Don't forget to subscribe to us on all good podcast channels. Don't forget to check out Anything Is Possible, who are our commercial sponsors, as the guys who are from the South Coast. Great set of guys, cool. AIP.media. It's where you can check them out as well. If you like what we do, you can buy us a beer at besotted.com forward slash beer. Don't forget, also, we've got <laughs> um, anything is possible to go and get also the competition winners' beers as well. So there's beers flying around all over the place with Besotted. <laughs> this is the, the one beery podcast, if I can say that Ooh. as well. Don't forget, we're going to have another podcast. Called. We're going to record it again probably in five minutes' time for the Leeds match in a few days as well. So it's going to be all over. Check that out on prideofwest.london. But we're going to Tottenham on Thursday. We're going to try and get down there as early as we can do. We're going to meet up. We're going to have some drinks beforehand. We're going to go to the game. We're going to get behind the team. We're going to be singing very loud because we need three points. If we can get it, if we can get one point, we'd be very happy. But it doesn't really matter because we're on the up now. We've won one game. Let's see if we can do another one. As we say, come on, you bees. You bees. You bees. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Do you love anime, gaming, movies, and discovering how your favorite pop culture affects everything you do? Then join us on Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect. I'm Nick Friedman. I'm Lee Alec Murray. And I'm Leah President. Every week you can listen in while we break down the latest pop culture news and dish on what new releases we can't get enough of. Whether you love movies. I'm going to tell you all about the uh, hopeful 4K re-release of Tron Legacy that happens. (laughs) (laughs) I'm right there with you. Or music. The music in this show is absolutely incredible. Or anime. And under this mask is... Another mask. <laughs> you can discover your new favorites right here on The Anime Effect. Listen every Friday wherever you get your podcast, and watch full video episodes on Crunchyroll or on the Crunchyroll YouTube channel. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.